Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show, Get Into It, where we do just that. My name is Jordan Rice. And I'm Ambry. And today we are talking about performative activism and friends. Um, in this episode, we're going to get real passionate and we ain't sparing no feelings. So just want to let y'all know that prior to. <laughs> we jump into this. So let's get mm-hmm, into yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So basically, if you're unfamiliar with performative activism, performative activism is it's basically when you go out your way to show that you are with it you know just so you can like increase your social capital to get gratification to get accolades when you really don't care about the causes at all and um because earlier during this quarantine and even now we have seen a sort of resurgence of the black lives matter movement We've seen a surgence of performative mm-hmm. activism. And one of the interesting things about the movement this go around is there that there are a lot more allies, um, meaning people who are not from the African-American community, you know, rallying behind this movement. But, you know, with all the good things that are happening and a lot of the the people that weren't necessarily in the movement the first go around when, you know, the Trayvon Martin case happened, there are a lot more new people going joining but now there's this thing where there's people who don't really care but don't want to seem like they're like they don't care Mm -hmm. so kind of what Emery was saying so we have this thing this performative activism and it manifested itself earlier this quarantine as the instagram black squares what for the for the blackout tuesday god (laughs) That is so embarrassing. I just remember, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know what was going on because I had to take a break from social media. It was really depressing. Um, So when I got on, just just so happened to be on, all I saw was black squares and I was so confused because some of them, some of them will go so far as to like not even have a caption to explain what what was going on? Was going yeah. on. So it's just like, oh, we're, do- we're doing this. And I-, I hate to say it, but I fell under the pressure to put a freaking black square on my Instagram. But then it was like, let's be logical here. What is a black square doing in the grand scheme of propelling the movement? Absolutely nothing. So I deleted it and I actually posted resources that I had been using. So see. I didn't post the black square. Congrats. Congrats. No, no, no. Don't, don't congratulate me because <laughs> you remember that that pesky little chain message that was going around uh, when people were tagging people in their Instagram stories and it was like, if you believe in BLM, <laughs> these did that. And they tagged like 15 people. And I was like, I saw it and like multiple people tagged me in this throughout the day. And at first I was like, I'm not posting this yeah. because, and the reason why Ambry's saying this, the reason why I'm saying this is because at this point in the game, you know, I've always been this way, but especially now because it was like Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and George Floyd all in one week. And I was like, I can't, I can't, I cannot handle it. So I was really done mm-hmm. with the we care and the thoughts and prayers and the blah, blah, blah. Because yes, that is necessary, but what we need is action. Mm-hmm. So all these people being like, you believe in BLM, tag 15 oh, of your friends. I wasn't here for it because I was like, what is this going to do? What is the goal? And if there is a goal, please someone tell me. But four months later, I still don't know what it was for. Exactly. It did nothing. 
it did absolutely nothing and it does nothing and it's it just like it, it's just a waste of everybody's time it's I like that uh and it didn't let me just let me stop dragging instagram it was also on tiktok it was on tiktok too remember the uh the videos that were like at least they're kind of more recent. We're like, this video won't flop because people think that oh blacks are people. Oh my God. We like... need to denounce that. <laughs> that behavior needs to be stomped out right now. I hate that. Oh, okay. I, I'm, uh, look, look, I am all here, all here for people using their platform to, you know, tell others about injustices that are occurring in the world. You know, it, it's a, it's a good tool to use if you have a platform, you know, and it's great. The problem comes <laughs> when you are your intentions are not pure and it's mm. very very obvious because you're trying to you're trying to gain support gain shares clout. you know views or whatever yeah clout from an injustice like you're right they will just be like oh if you think that black people deserve rights this this video had a lot of shares because black people deserve rights or like um that's actually really disgusting it's just like (laughs) it shows like that you're not viewing you're not seeing these people these black bodies that were in the street as people you're seeing it as an opportunity to Mm -hmm. like seem more woke because i have i don't know have you noticed that it seems like a who's the most woke contest right now instead of let's get down to the issues and (laughs) stamp out systemic racism like I love people using their platform. My problem is when there's no resources. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to post a black square, post your little black square, but you better be posting articles, donation funds, like things like that, because then there's something tangible that we can do. I don't want to see anybody post a black square or post a little chain message or the the other any of the other stuff without petitioning without calling without donating if you can like there are so many things that you can do in addition to posting the black square if you really wanted to yeah yeah and i feel those steps were not being taken Mm -hmm. and that's where the issue comes in because then it becomes you're not caring about the issues you're caring about the perception of others you don't want to get attacked (laughs) for not being woke for not caring about things that you should care about as a person yeah that was oh (laughs) speak on it because it really it really wasn't that difficult if you took the time to post a black square which um i'm noticing that a lot of them are no longer on y'all pages don't think they're taking them out they're they're taking them out out. don't think i don't notice because i really do um <laughs> I like, I just unfollowed everybody that wasn't posting actively about it because I I didn't have a, time for it. I did the same. <laughs> we talked about it really. We were like we're doing, we're doing like social media cleansing. Everybody who we're not here for is out. Like <laughs> like I did it every week because, and I'm personally, I'm at a place, and I feel like a lot of Black people are at a place. But I'm just gonna speak for myself where. If you're not, if you are not in the black community and you are doing more talking than listening right now, mm. I have nothing to say to you. I have nothing for you because this is really just the time for people who aren't in the situation to listen to what this group of oppressed people are saying and don't try to manage their anger or how they're protesting or anything like that. And so because the whole trend of like the 
and I say trend purposefully, the whole trend of the black squares and the whole trend of mm-hmm. the posting all this other stuff. I was like, you can't post that. And then, and the same breath be like, but I don't agree with the looting. And I don't agree with the violent, pro- you can't do that. And you can't be like, well, violence isn't the way that we cause change in America. Boston Tea Party, Shay's Rebellion, the Whiskey Rebellion, all these things. Don't come for me with that. I'm like, well, y'all sleeping, A Gov. Well, y'all sleeping. Well, y'all sleeping, A Push. I mean, <laughs> did you take A Push? Did you take AP US history? Did you take AP? Because I was awake and I'm pretty sure that Washington was a very violent man. <laughs> this man was rocking people's stuff just for being in his vicinity. I don't want it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. You don't want to see it with black and brown people. Just just say that. Just say it. Because you you're you're fine. You didn't say anything with like white people like rioted about a hockey team winning or losing or a football team winning or losing. Nothing was said. It wasn't generalized. They weren't deemed as violent or thugs. It was just dumb expressing an emotion, right? For no reason. Now, let me let it be known. I'm not a violent person. I'm not going to be down there burning things up but i'm not going to be mad at the people who are because i understand them they always gonna be like be like dr king and do all this stuff that man did great things but y'all assassinated him you know that that's reminiscent of you know when people used to say oh my god martin luther king died for this i he hated that thing. he was, he was assassinated. he was assassinated Jeez. and literally everybody in his circle was also assassinated so i really do not want to hear it and it, it he didn't just it, by saying he just died is no. <laughs> an understatement like y'all have picked y'all have chosen y'all have said oh this one is good this is pc so let me mm. let me send this out to the kids this so that is they, a, a palatable black person mm-hmm, so they yeah. can get a very broad stroke of who this man really was and 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 have them category categorize him as only nonviolent, as only um, a sympathizer for only white kumbaya. people. Mm-hmm. And that and that that brings a very interesting point about going on this because they did it back then and they're doing it now. The yeah. cherry picking which parts of the movement they want to highlight. And I'm looking at you, the media. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. When they they it was a conscious decision to only show the violent protests when the majority of them weren't. That was a conscious decision. Mm-hmm. It was a conscious decision to show people burning up stuff instead of showing that this was a, people were protesting globally all Beautiful. over the world, protesting peacefully, but y'all going to show people burning up buildings. I'm, I was talking to some of my Caucasian friends and they were like, well, I just don't, I just don't know how to feel. I just don't know what to say and da, 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 da. And like, they're just, you, it's very apparent that they're feeling immense white guilt right now. Mm. And what are your thoughts on that? How do you, how do you Ooh. feel about that? Because white guilt? About them feeling their white guilt and that's paralyzing them from knowing what to do. Here's <laughs> I the guess. thing. I guess. Here's the thing. I, I'm not going to assume that everybody has the same outlook on life as me. Right. Right. The knowledge that I have and the things that I know is because I am who I am and I've Mm -hmm. seeked out the information myself or it's because I'm, you know, living the life that I am. I'm a black girl. I there's no way I could have avoided learning about racism. So I don't I'm not going to fault white people for that. But what I am going to fault you on is if you never seek the information, if you see injustice 
and you never go out of go out of your way to like look up why is this happening or stopping it because you know you have the privilege to not get hurt in that situation you see a black person uh, uh being mistreated by the police you can videotape them you will not get arrested and if you do you'll be sent out scot-free you'll be arrested you won't die you won't die that part you your life is deemed more valuable in, on, the, on the world scale. So you have to know how to use that privilege to help and extend in hand to black and brown people who are constantly being diminished, who are constantly being discredited. That's what I need you to do. Cause if you have white guilt, that is nothing for me. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I need you to, fe- honestly, I need you to feel that white guilt for a bit. Yeah, I need you to feel yeah, it yeah, because yeah. it's gonna allow you to empathize more. Because that if part. you're just so so stuck on I'm not a racist and and da 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 and you can't call me a racist and a white nationalist and da da, you first of all, if that's your response to anything of this movement, you need to do some soul searching. I need you to sit in your white guilt, feel it out, look in your life to see where where you might have let things slide. Because I don't most people in my mind, and I'd like to think this aren't racist like on purpose like they're not intentionally racist now some are but i'm at the point now where racism not being a deal breaker that's not enough for me racism has to be your deal breaker it has to be your non-negotiable you have Mm -hmm. to you have to look out for it just like we have to look out for it you have to talk to your family members about it you have to say this isn't acceptable anymore i think i think i brought it up in another episode um but i said something about like oh it was a lack of representation episode and I was like, everybody has implicit bias. And I stand by that. I feel like we, we are taught to look at people differently. Yeah. You know, it, it's supported by systems to look at people differently and think of it, that they are inferior in comparison to you. The difference between my implicit bias as a Black person and a white person's implicit bias is they have the power to actually harm me. And not only me, but every Black and Brown person around me. You know, like my brother, my father, my mother, we could all get in trouble for if one white person had a problem with us or assumed that we were thugs in the situation, you know, I don't have that power. If I, if, if reverse racism, if I, if oh, I, I hate that <laughs> word, I hate it. If, if the roles were reversed. So if the roles were reversed and I thought a white person was, I don't know, a, a, a troublemaker or whatever. And I called the police. I very well, <laughs> I very well could not, it, my life could end, you know, or I could go to jail. You know, because that's that's my implicit bias isn't supported by history, isn't supported by Mm. uh, social context. It's not supported by these things, but yours is. So even if it's the tiny, tiniest little bit of of implicit bias, you still have to fight against that. Because even if it's accidental, you will perpetuate white supremacy. And it's and it's life and death. And it's life and death. That brings me to a story. Um, my brother. His name is Trey. He made the music for us in the intro. And he is <laughs> he's four years older than me. And my mom was working at this um it's like an after school like place where some people did karate, gymnastics. She she taught music lessons there. And I think there was a basketball hoop or something in the parking lot. Or there was a basketball there, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And so when after school my brother and I would go over there and we would just wait for my mom to be done teaching the lessons, right? Trey's outside in the parking lot playing basketball and the police rolls up. Now, mind you, my brother's in elementary school at the time. 
I'm in kindergarten, so Trey was in fourth grade. How old are you in fourth grade? You know, I don't do ages. Is that like 11? 12, I have no 10? idea. Is it 10? No idea. Fourth grade. Y'all know what that is. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the police roll up and they start talking to the owner of the building and stuff. And they're like, there's this, we got a call that this, this guy was, this person, this man was breaking into cars. Mm-hmm. So they're like, the owner's like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, show me what's up. So it's the police, the owner, and this white lady who called the police. And it's just my brother out there, this fourth grader. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they get my mom. And my mom was like, what are you doing? That's my son. And the owner was like, that's her son. Like, what are you talking about? Blah, blah, blah. And, like, the situation got de-escalated. But the fact that we live in a society where you can call the cops on a child who's playing outside Mm-hmm. we have an issue yeah, we have scary, a problem actually. that's terrifying and thank god nothing crazy happened thank god my brother was luckier than many children who were not my brother mm-hmm. was luckier than tamir rice my brother was luckier than trayvon martin my brother was luckier than jordan davis and these people being like well I, I, I don't want to talk to my kids about racism because I don't want to scare them. Talk to your children about racism because black and brown kids have to learn about it through experience. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's just a requirement for living in this world that we live in. And so for you to sit here and be like, I don't want, I want to shelter my children from it. That's such a privileged perspective. That is such a privileged standpoint. And I think that's the broader spectrum of this conversation. Performative activism is privilege. Yes. Mm-hmm. That is what it is. And our and anybody's oppression, no matter what minority group they're from, should not be a way to get you to have more followers, to get you trending, to get you clout. Yeah. And one of the most shocking stories, I think, to come out of these protests is um, is was is one that I found on Black Twitter. <laughs> Embrace an occupant of Black I Twitter. <laughs> love me some Black Twitter. You do. Um, so basically, there was oh my god, there was this uh, jewelry collection um, created by this these this couple, um, and they went to a Charleston protest, a Black Lives Matter protest, and while they were there, they picked up some broken glass. Um, and they had the bright idea to create jewelry from the broken glass. The problem... Wait, wait, the broken glass from the... from Yeah, from the protest. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, this, the, worst, the worst part of the story. The worst part is yet to come. Okay, so they, oh, they named the collection. They named the collection Wear Their Names. And that's supposed to be like a little um, reference towards Say Their Names. You know, okay, the sentiment yeah. that Black Lives Matter used a lot. Um, okay. And they made these individual pieces. The problem, the worst part, lies in they named their individual pieces after victims of police brutality and racial injustice. So there will be like earrings named Breonna Taylor, a necklace, Trayvon Martin, so on and so forth. And the, to me, what was even more embarrassing, because it, it's just bad already, they had different monetary values. Like, think about it visually. You go on the site and you see Brianna Taylor and it's just a necklace or whatever it is. And right under it, you see a price. Then you look to the right and you see Trayvon Martin and you see a price. Do you see how this is a problem? 
do you, you know see what that how me of? what what this is so bad but that just gave me like auction block vibes <sighs> how is this okay <laughs> it's just it was in bad oh taste it was it was severely in bad taste and it's just being and this is just this came from a place of of, of privilege however comma i will say that they did donate or tried to donate 100 percent of the prote- proceeds excuse me um to a nonprofit relating to educating people on race relations so they weren't making money did they take the class uh, <laughs> <laughs> like did they did take it, take it? <laughs> that's a because, good like, question because i i so i don't know what about well mm-hmm. That that just didn't sit right with my it, it spirit. It can't sit right with you. You cannot put. You can't. Ex, you have. Okay. White people she have. Said, okay. <laughs> I, I have to gather my thoughts. White people have to stop subconsciously or consciously exploiting black pain. Whether you think you are being helpful by you know posing in front of a Black Lives Matter poster that you found when you were just happened to be in Atlanta, you know. Ooh. Called um, out. Called out. <laughs> look, or or if it's doing a little chain thing on Instagram, you know, proving that you in fact care. Um, stop it. Stop exploiting it because it's not funny to us. It's not. It's not a cute little photo op for us. It's somebody's life that very well could be our cousin, our mother, ourselves, who was mm. on the news right now because of just ignorance. Their life is taken from them because of ignorance. And it's not, it's just not, it's, it's not a trend. It's not a, a cute, it, it, I, just, I can't, <laughs> I can't. And, and that just, honestly, that just goes back to my whole thing of sit down somewhere, be quiet and listen. There have been a lot of resources thrown out on social media and mm-hmm. not just like boring articles. They're not boring, but like people don't like to read because, you know, reading so there have been articles, books thrown out. If that's not your thing, people have suggested movies. People have suggested TV shows. Mm-hmm. People have suggested YouTube videos that break it down, podcasts. Like there are, there are just so many ways for you to get informed, for you to actually learn. And so if you decide not to do that, again, time for self-reflection. Mm. Because the sentiment in my household is... If your conversation is not about progress, about like tangible steps we can take to move this thing forward, I I can't help you. I'm not going to sit here and coddle you as to why you're not a racist. You need to figure Mm. out if you're a racist or not. Mm. You need to do that homework because the rest of us have to do homework to live. So let's talk about equality. Don't come to me with any conversations about what these people could have done to not die. No one should be dying from an encounter with the police, period. And if you can't say that, I don't know what to tell you. I don't, I don't have anything for you. So just the best thing to do, if you ain't got, it goes back to that age old saying, you ain't got nothing to say. <laughs> don't say it. And the most foolproof way to ensure that you're not saying anything wrong is just literally just pumping out resources that other people have made. <clears throat> Specifically black people. Let me, let me be specific. If you're talking about the Black Lives Matter movement. That's what you should be doing. I don't really want to see you talk about how you were racist when you were five. That's so embarrassing for you. Why are you telling me that? <laughs> Why are you telling the whole world? Yeah. Like, that's not cute. And so as we close out this episode, I know it's, we were coming a little hard today. Um, but 
the time this episode airs, uh, there has been there has been uh, steps taken in the Brianna Taylor's case, and so that's what kind of mm-hmm. sparked this entire conversation. So in the description, we'll have links, helpful links, resources. Those resources we were talking about that can help inform you about more things. But I'm not going to apologize for the passion that was presented in this show today, <laughs> because something change needs to happen. We need to we need to stop this. We need to stop letting racism and police brutality and systemic oppression be our status quo. We got to stop. We got to stop doing it. Perfect. So, on that note. On that note. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Please go give us a comment on our Instagram page at getintuit underscore podcast. And you can leave us a message at our anchor. I'm Jordan Rice. I'm Ambry. (laughs) And we'll we'll, we'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Guys. (laughs) 